We're here, we're diving into the holy instant mm. together and those songs were meditations for us all to dive into this. When you think about the holy instant, you know, you, we, we know from reading books like The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, you know, it's in most spiritualities, I wouldn't say necessarily most religions, but most spiritualities there's a big strong emphasis on the present moment. And we hear that the, the presence of love, the presence of God can be reached through the present moment. That's not a, an uncommon idea. It's a central idea in a lot of the perennial wisdom and, and most, I would say, spiritualities. Not that uh, religions necessarily emphasize the present moment, but certainly spiritualities do. And the thing about it is, it's, I would say that as the world sees it, uh, what we're talking about on this retreat is really, uh, it's really rare to the world, almost we could say covered over and unknown, but, but rare. So, you're, we're all joining together in going deep into an experience that is extremely rare in terms of the way the world would judge it. Mm. Like, uh, how many parents do you know that teach their children well? Don't worry about growing up and making something of yourself. Just learn to live in the present moment and be spontaneous and and be flowing and guided and just live in the present moment. Uh, I, don't, I love you. I don't care what you do with your life. Here, I'll give you your inheritance right now. Go out and spend it and have a good time and live in the moment. Happens. Just live in the moment. Don't try to make anything of yourself. Just live in the moment. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we grew up in households where our parents just said, that to us when we were five years old. <laughs> like start early, live in the present moment. And then I, I read these statistics about, like if you look at the, these big epistemology studies and these big studies of large groups of people, um, like they study populations like in a particular country, per million, how many doctors per million, how many lawyers per million, how many mystics huh. per million. How many saints per million? Now, India might have like something like 0 0.0005, but for most countries it would be 0 0.0000000. Because when you talk about mystics and saints, you know, imagine the statistics on from, let's say, England or the United States or Australia, for example, saints per million. Uh, but you're destined, if you go for the holy instant, mm. you're destined to be that one in, in your area of the world or your country. Because if you're going for the holy instant, you're not going for the commonalities of father, mother, sister, brother. You're not going for, for companies and being, ending up on Forbes list of millionaires or billionaires now. Now they have list of billionaires. You're not going to be, one of the richest people in the world, but but you are accepting your calling to wake up to who you really are. And that's why, from the world's perspective, the saints and the mystics even are extremely rare. And what was coming to me today when those songs were on is, is that for all of you, I know the fear is of taking the guided steps because you think, wait a minute, <coughs> 
if I just go for the Holy Instant, then the Holy Spirit might start making radical changes in my life. If I'm going to be a saint of God, I'm going to have to do what Mother Teresa did. I'm going to end up on that train, train ride in India, like Mother Teresa, where she gets her calling. I'm, I might be on the bus, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's going to go, Ah, you've been called to serve God, and here's your first assignment, and you're going to go, yipes! I just was on my way to work on the bus and he got me. And because what I'm going to tell you, we even had one woman who wrote to me who's been on our weekend retreat who said, I'm dropping out of the weekend retreat. And she gave her reasons, please pass this on to David and everything. But I think what we're talking about is if you actually are going to go for this, you will have to follow those prompts and nudges of your heart. You know, you're not going to be able to theorize your way back to God. You're not going to be able to come to write an, an intellectual paper and God's going to go, very good, A plus on this paper. You're back in heaven. You, you, you summarized and theorized my teaching so beautifully. Oh, free pass right away into heaven. No, you're actually going to have to take steps that are going to unwind you. And that's what I really feel our topic can be today, because Jesus tells us, you're not afraid of the means, you're really not afraid of the miracle, you're not really even afraid of the guidance, you're afraid of where the guidance is going to lead you. You're afraid of the end, Jesus says, you're not afraid of the means. So when you hesitate to take steps that the Spirit is prompting you to take, it's because you're afraid of where this is heading. This is heading smack dab into the middle of the holy instant, and that's to the ego, that's annihilation. It's like a total destruction of the world that you think you know, and the world that you believe in, and the world that you perceive. And just as an example, Jeff led off this, you know, I've known Jeff for years, and I used to go up and, and do gatherings up in Vancouver Island where Jeff was, and we would have a turnout, and people would come, sometimes uh, they would even bring their husbands along. Um, I'm thinking Lisa Windsor, she was like three little kids. She's diving into the course. Now she's a minister, a, quite a, a well-known minister up in the area, and she's got a lot of pupils and students. But at the time, she was diving in there with three little children, and she was going for it, and she brought her husband one day, and he was just sitting there like with his eyes big because the things that we were sharing at Jeff's house were like way beyond this world, and he was kind of like, mm, it's, a, it's a bit of a stretch for me, you know. And ended up, they ended up getting divorced, and Lisa went on. She's quite a profound, uh, prolific teacher of the Course, and he's, I don't know where he is today, but he was scared to even be in the same room because his wife, and with three little children, was going for it. And Jeff actually left his entire life in Canada behind. He moved around in our communities. He was in Australia, he was in Mexico, Utah. And now, he just took off like a bolt of lightning, and you see him there, he's on top of the Andes Mountains, and he's living on, the, on top of the Andes Mountains. And there's nothing in Jeff's history that would have uh, forecast that he would be sitting on top of the Andes Mountains, uh, leading these, these uh, retreats. Uh, there's nothing in his history, actually. In fact, his sister probably would say, yeah, I, I would have never predicted that in a million years. Anybody who knows Jeff would never have predicted this. And yet there was Jeff opening this whole 
retreat today, the session with sharing about his trying to discern and listen whether he's supposed to take a moto ride home or his initial preference was to be driven home by his friend who said just take the moto, then he got the he got the coins or the, he got the, the, the money for it. And there he was still, even on the top of the Andes Mountains, he still had a, an important decision to make. And is it, am I going to go with the spirit here or am I going to go with, with Jeff's way? You know, we did the whole rules for decision. Today I will make no decisions by myself. And there was Jeff practicing a, a late night decision. Do I, do I, join with the Holy Spirit here, or do I make a decision by myself? All we know, if he'd, if he'd had gone with that decision by himself, him and his friend might have, uh, have driven off the, uh, off the road and perished. And uh, seriously, I mean, when you follow the ego, you, <laughs> there's no guarantees of, at all. <laughs> when you follow the Spirit, you have the guarantee of salvation and mm. eternal life. Uh, coming your way, but when you follow the ego and you go for that personal, oh, I'm going to make this decision on my own, you're, you're choosing to stay in hell. You're choosing to stay stuck. So Jeff made, again, the, the right-minded decision where he surrendered over to, to the ride home. And there he is to shine and share with us on top of the Andes today. And then today, what I have for you is in the studio today, I have I have two people who had their own companies. Lisa was the CEO of Abundant Nursing, and she was on top of the world financially, <laughs> no problems, no cares. She rehabbed her house from from a dump into a sparkling. <laughs> uh, she, I mean, she had hot tub and she fixed it up. She had, she really went into the abundant life, when I mean abundant life in the world, she was a successful businesswoman who, who had all these things that came to her and she was on top of the world. She was very successful. And Frances also eventually ended up owning her own financial company. She had a husband, <coughs> houses, she was financially set. Both of these women were financially set and they would be success stories in terms of, of the world. And yet, when they got the prompt, when they had their life's calling come upon them, they both said yes to their life's calling, and then that changed everything. They went through, they went down the rabbit hole, mm. uh, and, and both of them having to make major decisions around, around finances, around partners, around their houses. Some of the things you would say are like major uh, decisions, and yet, this has been like, like uh, Alice in Wonderland. They both went, they dove down the rabbit hole as Jeff dropped down the rabbit hole. And all three of them, Jeff and these two lovely ladies who, who will talk about it today, because the reason they're here... We're talk about it. <laughs> the reason they're here is because some of you I know are feeling like, if, if I go for the holy instant, I mean, if I go for the fast track, and I drop down the rabbit hole, and I just say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm coming. Then there's a part of your mind that's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, here comes one of these giant fanatical leaps that, that some people have never recovered from. And, and there's a fear of like, where is this leading? And they can tell you a bit, like they 
took the leap and they can tell you from first hand experiences, looking right in your eyes, right directly at you, they can tell you their experiences of going for the holy instant and what happened. And that's the most glorious thing that you could ask for today, because I know you're calling for a witness. You, you need to know that it's safe to do this. You need to know that, that it's going to lead you to a, an expansive experience. That's what you're, I can see your faces. I can see them now. You, you're like, you've got to show me. You've got to lead me. I need some help here. <laughs> so, here we go. Let's, let's hear a witness for God. Well, it's like just being, be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. You know, this, I guess for me, it was just the call for happiness. I want to be happy. It wasn't, you know, even though I had all the success and all whatever I seemed to have, I wasn't happy. I wasn't consistently happy. And so it was just, you know, stepping into the unknown made, you know, this prayer, like the desiring the holy instant above all else seemed to take me you know, into new paradigms. But uh, yeah, I guess for me it became so painful not to continue to expand. I wanted to continue to expand. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's something that happens. I was getting into such joy and whatever. And, and, and it was like I was on a Holy Spirit honeymoon for the first five years. But then it was like I had to go deeper. And what I really saw is just like, I didn't want to face the fear or the doubt or, mm -hmm. you know, just the letting go of things that I was attached to and, you know, just taking the steps. And I guess when I'm sitting here right now and wasn't even letting go of all that stuff, mm -hmm. it was really, I say it all the time, it was letting go of the guilt and letting go of the fear and the unworthiness. I read somewhere, someone's question, you know, like they want to step out of the littleness it's like taking those baby steps one step at a time, but you have to continue to go forward, you know, breaking out of your, you know, box. And I feel like for when I met David, I, I was praying for a mighty companion because I didn't know I didn't know anybody that was studying the course. And so I was like, I want a mighty companion. I want a mighty companion. I would pray, pray, pray. And all of a sudden there's David knocking at the door. <laughs> like, holy moly. <laughs> Watch out what you pray for. Yeah, and just, you know, this call my heart to keep going deeper and to really, truly be in the experience of living in the holy instant. I had to see how I was just compromising everywhere, actually. And so I was getting really, really honest with myself and... Yeah, I guess I'm sitting here in this moment just, yeah, it, a lot of life changes. So many life changes, like it all did disappear. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what, you know, this stepping into the unknown and it's practical application, walking into the fire basically and facing the ego and the doubts and, and looking at just how much pride I had, you know, and control and unworthiness. To know that I would be fully provided for and cared for, you know, to really face just these deep, dark beliefs in my own mind. Just, I mean, do I want to go into any stories? I can't really remember. Well, I mean, you know, the things I think people would want to hear about, like, um, how did your partner react? How did your family react? 
Uh, oh, how were. did the people at your business react when you started to, when you wrote your whole business with putting God in the bylaws? Yeah, and they, then during the breaks, you would show videos of myself or Marianne Williamson or something to her employees at work. I mean, tell these are important. Parables. Well, right, because the, for the bylaws, well, you know, when I was reading the course, he said, have you put the healing? Because my life was just basically a disaster before the course. And so he said, if you put the healing of God's son first, that it will work. And and so I thought, okay, I'm going to try and I put this in the business plan. Like, I'm going to put the healing of God's son, which was my own mind. I didn't, didn't know where that was going to take me. And I ended up selling the business. I put it up on the market and um, it sold in two days. And I freaked out. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, just this fear of of letting go, and yeah, it seems like so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is so long ago. But yeah, just this, I, I, I'm so appreciative and so grateful that I walked through all those thoughts and beliefs. And when I, I remember when I was selling the business and it was that day, Everyone was in my office and they were, the girls in my office were so angry. It was facing my own anger and my own doubts. You know, as I was taking the steps, people saying I was nuts. I was in a cult. I was, you know, that I was crazy following, you know, stepping into joy, really. No compromise. And, you know, as they were all speaking in my office the day that my business was selling, I was like, these are just all my thoughts. This is everything that I believe in. Having to, you know, when you face the ego, it's you're basically facing everything that's running your whole life. You know, when you start saying no and saying, I'm going to really trust God and, and step into this joy. For me, it was more about, you know, I just want to talk about God all the time. I didn't want to talk anymore about that was what was bringing me joy. I wanted to talk about forgiveness and healing, and I didn't want to compromise anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> it feels like, you know, I'm actually going to be writing a book, in it, and I'm just finished with the mystery school, and I'm like, just in this unbelievable, you know, mystical kind of like watching just everything going by me really fast mm. feels like everything's just flying by me mm. but I'm not really going anywhere anymore mm. feels like I'm just right here like I'm present with God and just watching and mm. you know this kind of like oh I'm here right now mm. you know like but nothing's really going on so for me to start writing this book it's like going back into time and trying to remember the the way it all the the story the of the unwinding which has been a blessing from god because even when you say that i the saints they those shall be called saints that's in the psychotherapy pamphlet i mm -hmm. remember reading that yeah that they shall be called saints the ones i mean and you know just that thought mm. you know it's like this commitment to forgive and this commitment mm. to follow and this commitment to God, mm. to love. And it's, it's like this unbelievable journey, actually. Mm. I can't even, you know, so grateful. Just, yeah. 
That's like the two things though. There's the, the world would say, when you make it to CEO and you're on top of the company and on top of the world, you've succeeded. <laughs> and, and now you're talking about saints. So mm. looking at all those seeming steps, which actually took place over many years, right. probably what did we say, 10, 15 years of all these steps that you took, do you regret it? Not at all. <laughs> Listen, when you say, I have to tell you, when you're telling me right now, like I was a CEO, that's hell. <laughs> it was hell. I remember even writing my name on checks in the, or whatever I had to sign, Lisa Fair President, and I would be like, that is not who I am. Like I knew somewhere that was absolutely not who I was. Like something about it was like, this is not who I am at all. And I absolutely do not regret it at all. <laughs> I'm so thankful. And I just feel like, you know, it's like it all just disappeared. The, what disappeared, that seemed to be what was playing out. But it was, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say. It just like all just fell apart in the most glorious way. Like to know that we don't have to compromise and to know that, you know, to be truly happy all the time. So if somebody here said, if I really pray to the Holy Spirit, and I'm really sincere about the Holy Instant, like I really want to come to you, I want the Holy Instant, uh, and somebody would say, will my life as I know it fall apart, what would you tell them? I'd say yes, it, is, it will fall apart. Okay, there you have it. <laughs> I guarantee it will fall apart. It's called a, like a dismantling. Some people call it an ego dismantling. Some people call it, you know, you got to walk through the fire. Some people say, you know, you got to do the Humpty Dumpty thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> he falls off the wall and he cracks into thousands of pieces. Uh, but then that's just the beginning. That's the first thing. And that's where the, the, you need to know that there is no sacrifice. Like, mm. while you're going through it, while you're mm. going through a dismantling, mm. even Jesus in the Course, you know, there's the stages of the development of trust in the Course, where early on Jesus says, I think it's maybe the second uh, one, or first or second one, it will seem as if things are being taken away from you. Now Jesus puts this in the Course that one of the early stages on the development of trust, it will seem as if things are being taken away from you. He says it's not really happening that way, it's just that your mind starts to devalue the things of the world. So maybe some of you aren't comfortable just going to the thrift store and just saying, why do I have all this stuff here? There's, I, I have too many layers of stuff. So uh, it may seem that there are external events that are outside of your body, outside of your person that happen. I remember over the years, Lisa and I went through this, she had her beloved dog was kidnapped uh, one night. Stolen. Stolen, like in the middle of the night, wasn't it your computer, yeah. your laptop computer was, it was gone? It was after I was traveling with you. Yeah, right. After she, she traveled with me a while and she experienced so many miracles, she started to, de in her mind, she devalued the things of the world. And wasn't the dog's name Buddha? Was it? Yeah, I can't even remember the I dog's name. She can't, she can't remember the parables anymore. But they stole Buddha. 
booty. 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 They stole booty. What was it? Oh, no, no, not booty. That was Leo. That was Leo. 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 They looked like a little lion. Yeah, I got booty later, yes. Booty was later. Leo the lion. So they they came in in the middle of the night and they they took Leo the lion and they took her laptop. And And my phone, everything, while I was sleeping. While she was sleeping. And other things happened where things would start to disappear and the world would say, uh, you've been robbed, you've been, your, your dog's been kidnapped and this and this. All it was was she was getting so deep into the miracles after mm. these, we'd go out for two, three, four weeks or something on trips. She would have so many miracles that her mind started to devalue the things of time and space and start to value the miracle more than the things of time and space. Now that's just a good example of things, it will seem as if things are being taken away from you. These aren't disasters by any sense of the word. This is just your mind starting to come from upside down to right side up. Upside down is what can I control and fix and possess. Right side up is, oh, let everything be a blessing. Let uh, I talked about Rich just on this show about his car disappearing. And, and he was talking about how he was just praying when it happened. Like, oh, okay, let me see this clearly. Let me see this differently. Let me see the, the purpose in this. So, uh, in both your cases, like too with, with your case and then with Francis, it seemed to be a little more conscious. Like you could almost feel like these decisions coming up, like almost like you had prayed for it. I prayed for it and I asked for it and, and there it comes. So it rolled right up to you. Yeah. You could see it coming. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I was just thinking, like, when you were talking, because I know Lisa left, you know, seemingly, like, her kids, too. So there is a lot of emotion involved in seemingly leaving people. Mm. But um, actually, the Course, even in the Holy Instant section, said that, you know, like, the ego plays so much emphasis on bodies being together, but they don't care about at all about minds being together. So mm. all that the ego wants us to do and has taught me to do is that as long as body are together, you can keep your private thoughts. There's no problem. You don't have to share that thoughts. You don't have to be transparent because that's the way you have companionship and you have love and you do you be a dutiful uh, human being. And then I, I remember when, when I was kind of leaving, I reached this point because my father just passed away. My mother lived in China. I was in Australia with my ex-husband. She was going to move over to, to live with us permanently. Well, that's like a daughter duty, you know, in China. I mean, the, the thing is, it was fully accepted. And then the thing is, that was the moment where I was so deep into the course and wanted to just be able to dive into this fully. And she, even though we were living in two separate countries for years at that point already, the fact that I was going to go to America to her was abandonment. And she she was basically just saying all these things about disappointment and duty, that you have the duty to, to do this and I raise you up and all that. But at that point, I remember I thought, if I stay for you, if I stay for you, I know I would be resentful and I know I would 
be resentful for the rest of my life, and I can't do that to her. I can't, in my heart, if I really choose to love her, I cannot play anger and say, "You are the reason I am angry." And the same for her and for my ex-husband. And I, I really thought this through. Like it was so difficult for me emotionally. I hear exactly what they're saying and crying and begging me to do. But I just have to make a decision. You know, knowing that I would hate them and I cannot do this to them, or I would truly choose to expand myself. Because I constantly tell her that we don't really have a good relationship. It was difficult when we come together. She was like, "No, we have great relationship. I love you. What are you talking about?" And I said, "Mom, let's just be honest. We actually, when we come together, we fight. No, 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 no. That's not true. <laughs> And I know in my heart, I don't know how to have a good relationship with her.、Mm. And there was so much compromise going、mm. on. And and even Jesus said." You know, it's not love at all. It's it's attack. That is attack. When you feel any kind of compromise and guilt in a relationship, it's not love at all. And I somehow I intuitively feel like it's just not a good relationship. And I I need to find love truly. I really need to. And I can't find it here. Somehow we can't support each other to for me to find it. And <laughs> she, so in the midst of all the seeming turmoil and emotion. There is like a, you know, a, a decision that I have to make, seemingly, but it was truly to say yes to a bigger love, and hoping,、mm. hoping that that will、mm. eventually extend back to her as well, because it has, you know, even right now our relationship has really outgrown this mother and daughter role. The way she talks to me and we talk to each other, it has no role play, but it was very much in the moment. You know what is guided, and even with all the financial, I think you you too like leaving behind the financial things, but it just feel like like you said is really leaving behind fear because any、mm. anything even with relationships, I know the moment I think I owe something, I own something, being money or person, I suffer the fear of loss from that moment of ownership straight away. You know, maybe I own it for ten years, and then I suffer ten years of fear of、mm. loss, and I really play that out with with finance and with relationships. It was just constant fear and calculating and protecting and defending. Yeah, and then I remember there was a point when I really choose to to let it all go, like you said, like all the thoughts and fear thoughts go in my mind, and my mother in China said, "I would buy you insurance." Um, because I don't know how you're going to look after yourself if you get sick, and if you don't work ever, then in the end, if you if you know you need medical, you don't even have to pay it. I pay for it for the rest of your life. And I thought about it. I thought, well, that's you know if you want to. But then I thought, you, well, if I go for it fully, I might just go for it fully. You know. So I told her. I said. I don't think so. I'm I'm not gonna accept that because,、um, yeah, because I I I don't feel I want to have some backup plan in my mind, and in the end, remember, oh, I'm taking care of by money, 
I'm by God both ways, mm-hmm. and I can't discern which way. <clears throat> so I said, no, I, I don't, I don't accept it. And she, so she didn't. And then recently, actually, she called me. She said, and that was like 10 years ago. She said, oh, I'm so glad you, you asked me not to pay for the insurance because the whole system collapsed in China right now. <laughs> and I said, what insurance? And she reminded me, remember you asked me not to, I was going to pay for it. It will be 10 years now, but everything would be like, would be gone. And you, you, you told me, and I'm so grateful. And I thought, I don't remember any of it, but I just know the ego system is not worthy of any investment and trust, and I don't need any of it right now. So I just mm. feel like, mm. yeah. So it's, to me, this is so beautiful because it's giving you a full context, not only about, okay, I, I let go of ownership, I let go of my possessions, I put all my faith in the Holy Spirit, is that really going to work? Yes, it actually mm. does, that Jesus wasn't joking. Mm. Uh, there's, we're getting it from Jean, but, but can I raise my kids and awaken? I have a belief my awakening is on hold until the gr- kids grow and move out. Yeah, that's a common belief. I'm glad you're bringing that up, Jean, because because it's one thing to let go of possessions and so forth. But people, when you start to think about about children and families and those kind of things, the, you have to start to go deeper to this idea that that to the ego, it's bodies together, minds apart. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it made the whole world for to pre- be a projection of. Bodies together, minds apart. Families that seem to be together under one roof, even though they fight and argue and and they hide things from each other, they have secrets, they're sitting on a keg of unconscious private thoughts, and the ego's like, oh, that's fine. But the bodies are together, you know. It doesn't matter if you have upsets, anger, all the struggles of life, you're not happy, that doesn't matter, the ego says but you are together under the same roof. That's that whole thing of bodies together, minds Mm. apart. But what we're talking about here is (coughs) minds are joined. Jesus says, this is a direct quote from the Course, minds are joined, bodies do not. Mm. He comes right out. Now I think what Gene's asking is, can I use time as an excuse to defend against the Holy Instant? No, you, you really can't. Uh, Gene, you, actually that's that's one of the biggest excuses people say, I would really like to do what the Course is saying, but I'm going to have to wait like 10-15 years till my children are grown. And and Jesus, if you if you know anything about the Apostles, there was Peter the Apostle, he had he left his children, there, he even had Apostles of the, of the 12 Apostles that left their children to follow him. And he, they literally, he said, leave, remember what he said in the Bible, leave everything behind and follow me? Mm. And he wasn't fooling, that this was, <laughs> this was eternity speaking, uh, this was not a man speaking, this was the voice of eternity saying, come home to me, and if you follow my teachings completely. But now, for you Gene, I want to go to the rest of the story, because I'll tell you the story with, with Francis, and with Lisa and Kirsten, because you've you met Kirsten, you know Kirsten. You went to one of her gatherings. When Kirsten, I met Kirsten the first time in New Zealand, I'd actually come to New Zealand at the request of her mother, Jackie, and another woman from Sweden named Mia, who was living there. Her husband, Mia's husband Lars, put my flight on his credit card 
as a favor to his wife, and then everything changed for Lars, for Mia, and for Jackie. A little credit card flight for David to go down there, and then boom! <laughs> it just kind of went on. Jackie, uh, Jackie was studying the course, Kirsten was introduced to the course by Jackie, and then as Kirsten went, dove down the rabbit hole, uh, I remember walking on the beach and Jackie was furious. She said, I wanted her, my daughter to get into A Course in Miracles. I didn't want her to leave the world behind and wake up. I mean, <laughs> come on, I, I, it's one thing to introduce your daughter to the Course, but she's like, I'm, I feel like I'm no longer her mother. And she was at that time a little bit angry. She was like screaming, ready to, screaming at the ocean, God, you've ruined it, you've taken away my daughter. But to tell you the truth, now Jackie is living in the light. She actually followed her daughter, uh, like her, her, you know the story of the Siddhartha, that Siddhartha has to leave the palace and the story Herman Hesse, he's just got his wife pregnant and then he's leaving to go for enlightenment. That's got to be the all-time abandoning father story. What? You get your wife pregnant and then you go, you leave to go find enlightenment, you know, and yet that's the same thing that Jesus is saying. Buddha would say the same thing. Leave all behind and go for enlightenment and then it will all come back. And at the end, Buddha's child and wife come back and sit at the feet of the Buddha and all three of them go into the Buddha uh, presence together. That's how it goes. That's the end of the uh, Siddhartha story. Jackie raged and then she followed Kirsten and now she's she's meditating, <laughs> levitating. <laughs> she's even levitated a couple times. She's, she went from a raging, how dare you steal my daughter, uh, God, to, to going into the bliss. Mm. Being really deep into the bliss of the holy instant. Lisa, Lisa's children raged a bit too. When I, mean, I first met her, she had teenagers and uh, they were, you might have heard, running the household and then Lisa kind of flipped around when she went for God. She actually put God first. There was a bit of things. Polly ended up in solitary confinement in uh, prison and her daughter homeless, homeless and, and her daughter was not too happy about this and everything when she went for God. Nowadays Lisa's got a great relationship with her daughter. Her daughter's so happy that Lisa went for God. Mm. She's here. She is probably in her what thirties. Thirties. She's in her thirties and she's thrilled to have a saintly mother. She, I mean, how she many? Says I'm her guru. Guru. She's her guru. Lisa's the guru now because she went for God. Was it always that way? No, yeah. it, not at all. There was a lot of turmoil. Uh, how dare you leave me, the family, and your grandson, and on. But it flipped around now. Lisa's the guru, and <laughs> and it's that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, she's now uh, the guru. And then Polly, I have to say, Polly, he went through his tumbles and flips around. He did the same thing that Jackie did. He followed Lisa. He followed her to Utah, and then he followed her to Hawaii, mm -hmm. and now married there. He he's. Married, right? I don't think he's legally married. He's not legally married, but he is <laughs> living. living the life from following his mother who followed God. He is living the life in Hawaii that, that he, he's spontaneous, he's tuned in. Some of you might even see, I did an interview with Polly uh, when I was mm. in Utah, when he'd been falsely accused uh, by some, some Mormons, Mormons uh, of something, and, and he was 
he was as angry as Kavanaugh, you know, the, the judge <laughs> that was just being interviewed for the Supreme Court. Pauly was angrier than Kavanaugh. He was, his face was all crinkled up and they're accusing me and I didn't do it. And, you know, it was the same kind of thing <laughs> right there. But now he's, he's living the good life. The main thing, and, and wait a minute, we're not done yet. <laughs> Frances, you know, she talked about her mother and her mother wanted to move to Australia. Uh, so her daughter, she could live with her daughter and everything. Her mother paid for a five-year visa and paid a lot of money to go to leave China to live with her daughter, Frances, over there. And in the end, Frances said, "You do whatever you do for your own reasons, but I'm I'm following my heart and I'm following God." After her mother paid thousands of dollars, twenty twenty thousand dollars for a to get a five-year visa to live with her daughter, Francis told her that, and then Francis basically left, uh, and and her mother got the visa and never has used the visa. She paid twenty thousand dollars for. It. Does Francis feel guilty about it? Not a bit. She told her mother the truth. She said, "You do whatever you do for your own reasons, but I have to follow my heart." And now I have. To, here's the best part: the mother returns. Francis and I go to Beijing and we're doing gatherings with lots of people that have come from all over China because they're interested in spiritual enlightenment and spiritual awakening. And Francis and I are together and, and that initiated this, this uh, dialogue with her and her mother, starting with over the phone and emails, where she was wanting to come and meet me and, and Francis said, no, I'm sorry mom, our schedule's full, we don't have time uh, to meet, she tells her mother, did, did she feel guilty that she didn't have time to meet her mother? No! She just was letting the Holy Spirit tell her honestly, we don't have time. We're meeting with so many people that are here, they've been waiting for years to see David, they've come from all over China, literally, to be together and to talk about spiritual enlightenment. It's too important to them. We don't have time for a lunch, we can't squeeze in a lunch. But she did say, I will meet you. And when she met her mother, she was so honest and direct with her mother that um, she basically told her mother, listen, David's teachings and the Course teachings are on a website in Mandarin. And why don't you just actually go and read the website? Because her mother's very bright, very inquisitive, uh, very curious. Her mother was hugely curious, like her daughter had gone off on this tangent and she thought, what is happening with Francis? So she actually goes to the website and she reads this and then maybe Francis can tell the story because her mother's curious, she's like saying, well what I'm reading from David is that this world is an illusion and that our relationship as mother and daughter is an illusion. Can you help me understand this, says mom to Francis and then Francis, the Holy Spirit just rips through Francis, and that actually sends the mother into her first mystical experience mm. ever. Her mother was an atheist, but Francis, staying in true empathy and speaking from her heart, and her mother goes into mystical experience, from being an atheist going into full-blown mystical experience. And that, you can share about that because mm. that's the same thing with Polly mm. and it's the same thing with Jackie and this mm. happened to your mother. That's really the rest of the story.
Yeah, I think she was asking if if this world is an illusion, then how does that make you and I in terms of our relationship? And I said our relationship is is the same as the relationship you would have with a dream character in your night dreams. Like you can dream all these people and have all these relationships, but really there is the dreamer, and there is. All this, but I was I, I got into it for about an hour and a half around using the night dream as a metaphor, and it was very very direct. And she was really absor- abs- absorbent in that moment. And then afterwards, when I left, and she she told me that she called me. She said she woke up, um, and there was full of light in her bedroom in the middle of the night, darkness, and it was. F- Full of light and with characters, Chinese calligraphers written on the floor for her to read, and she couldn't tell me what it what it was in content anymore. But it was filled her with with light and with hope and with joy. And then she was asking me how to tell her friends and relatives about it. And I I said, No, you don't need to convince anyone. It's all for you. It's all for you, and and she also then called me again, almost like a week later, and she just said she find a Bible because she she is she doesn't believe in God. She find a Bible and she just asked a question. Said I just want to know my daughter is okay and is taken care of, and then she flipped open this book, and she read in the paragraph, I will look after your children. Mm. Like a specific, and so、mm. she bookmarked it and put a sticky note on there. She said it will come back, and she feels so relieved, like like never before. And then she said, "I went back to where I marked, and it's not there anymore." After a day, it it's never there,、mm. but it was only there in that moment for her when she asked that question, and 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 yet, the relief in her mind of God was with her. And I was completely taken care of. As an answer to her prayer, was just yeah, it was profound.、Mm. Yeah. And that was just the beginning. So yeah. it was yeah. Yeah. And so there there are people in our community that have an answer again to Jean's question because they had to look at those things about well maybe if I just wait for ten years or fifteen years and so forth. Those are just three examples. If we went through our community, and you talk to a lot of others, we have, we have Jenny, who、uh, who dove in, and and she was hesitant to leave. I think her son Victor was ten years old at the time, and she was like praying and praying, and、oh. do you want me to really leave Europe and leave my ten-year-old to to go to the United States at that time? And her. She prayed and prayed, and then two giant angels appeared to her, that were her mother and her father in their their higher selves. They were like she said they were so huge. They were she just was she needed a big sign、uh, to leave her ten year old and and her her parents in their future selves or their higher selves appeared as these giant figures saying you. Must go, and we love you, and we support you in what you're going to do. And it took that big of a sign for Jenny.、Uh, she's another example. We have Susan Husalak,、mm-hmm. who had two、mm-hmm. uh, fairly 
young children mm -hmm. as well. So these are not just like one or two people. This is a common thing. And, and But again, you have to see this in the context of, am I going to go for the holy instant and be what Lisa read in the, the, was the song of prayer, the saint, the mm. saints of God. Mm -hmm. You know, mysticism and saints. In India, there's an entire book of, of different women who actually went for God mm. and all the things they had to face. This is over generations. This is not just a fluke, one or two here or there. There's actually a, an entire book of testimonies of those who have done that. And so, the real question is, is how deep do you want to go down the rabbit hole? Mm. You know, like that Bee Gees song, How yeah. Deep Is Your Love? How deep is your love? How deep is your love? I really need to know. Mm. Okay, and Jean, we're, we're going to be practical. Jean has something coming up. Can she talk? Yes, please. Let's, let's, Jean's over in Europe and she's, we need to have her back on screen. There okay, we go. There's sweet. Jean. Yes, Jean. Uh, well, <laughs> okay. Well, right while you were talking to me, I got a text message, and I only let—I um, have it set so only my ex-husband, my kids can get through. And I got a text saying my son is in the emergency room, and it was my. What I was just thinking was, well, if I leave them, they're going to die. <laughs> it was like a threat from the ego, and then I got that message. Saying, yeah, look, see? <laughs> it really yeah. freaked me out. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that you just had filtered, so only your, your partner, your children could get through. You filtered out the entire world, <laughs> and you only controlled the aspect of what could reach you, and then the ego's like, oh yeah, watch it, I can still get my foot through that door too, because th that's the fear, and it's a, it's a fear of time. You see how we're talking about the holy instant, where everything is perfect, and how the hypotheticals of time, and some people will say, well that's, that's an actual message, that's not a hypothetical, but all of the images of time and space, all past images and all future images of what could happen to a body, or what did happen to a body, or what might happen to a body, or that a body might die, all are, are part of a giant defense mechanism against the holy instant, against the I am presence. So that, that's a pretty strong teaching, and, and believe me, if we had enough time, uh, we could talk Kirsten could share, and Francis could share, and, and Lisa, she, you had unconscious things coming. She would talk about going to this um, island, uh, right. wasn't that in the... Viegas. Viegas in the... Costa Rica. Yeah. Costa Rica, and my fantasy she had a fantasy. Island. She used to, like, go on the web and secretly, not let anybody know, she would search for her fantasy island and, and imagine going there and being there and an adventure and and then finally she started telling her her kids and her partner you know and they're like well, let's go for it let's uh -huh. go for the fantasy and she went there and it turned, turned into, into a nightmare a nightmare <laughs> she she thought it's she was going to die island. 
She had this big fantasy when she finally gets there. She, they're all speaking Spanish and, and they're like guns trying to rob us. And and, and she it just turned sleep at night. Yeah. But see, this is how it works. You know, we have these ego fantasies of oh, wouldn't life be great? And then, like Jeff was talking about last night, he had a fantasy of having his friend drive him home, but that wasn't the spirit's plan. When we follow the spirit's plan. Everything that we believe we have in this world will will dismantle. Everything that we think we're in charge of, everything that, like even with children, mm. their future. You know, we want them to grow up to have have a future, to to be safe. We want to protect their bodies. But now we have to start to realize it's our mind that needs the help. It's not the bodies. Mm. The ego actually made the world and the ego made the body. God didn't create the body. The ego, it's part of the ego's giant veil covering the face of Christ. It's part of the defense. Mm. And though, I'm glad you're bringing this up though, because these are the strongest mm. ego beliefs that keep you from going for God. You know, out of a sense of obligation, duty, guilt. Yeah, and I also just want to say something because this abandonment word and emotion is very strong in the ego's world. And I actually in the Course, um, Spirit said that ego associates communication with abandonment. It actually tells us if you communicate, then the consequence is abandonment. So it's like so upside down. It says like body being together, minds apart, means companionship and means love. And if you truly start to open up to communication, that means your mind starts to merge with the whole. That means abandonment and loneliness. So it's just very, very distorted. And Jesus is basically just saying, you know, this such a, a distortion about what abandonment is because it's equated to communication. So really Jesus' plan is that to realize not sep not necessarily breaking people apart if that is still valuable or very heavily believed in. It's actually just say let's fulfill our function to open up to communication, to not hold private thoughts and use this very clustered construct in our lives as a way to keep private thoughts and protect against communication. And he actually said as long as you still identify with the ego, then you will feel guilt and you will be afraid of the spirit's guidance. So it's just like, okay, let's know why we're afraid. It's really just because we still haven't really opened up to communication yet. Let's, we're still holding private thoughts. We still value bodies being together, minds being apart. And then let's just ask the spirit to take us out of that, give us convincing experiences to open up and, and see it has nothing to do with abandonment, communication, yeah. Mm. Yeah. you know? That's huge, because for most of us, we have to have a strong feeling that comes over us. From what you're talking about, this topic we're talking about now is not a small thing um, with your family and children. It's In the world, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. We're not trying to deny or dismiss the topic in any way. It's absolutely huge. And for most of us, even if we're, we're on a spiritual path and we're going deeper, like Jenny needed these giant angels to appear for her to take the flight across the Atlantic Ocean, um, 
uh, Svava is here. She's in in the studio with us, and she basically she's Jesus appears to her. Jesus talks to her, but still, when it came to the point of her going and answering her calling, uh, she had twin twin boys mm. and has twin boys, and it came to a point that um, she had to have a sign, a symbol that was so strong that would reach her mind in such an obvious way, because she, she needed a direct, like Jenny did, a very clear sign. And, and basically Jesus is always so gentle, the Spirit is gentle, it was more of a sign like, how does this feel to you? But maybe, I don't know if we can Slap. turn the, the around or, or uh, we'll see Come if our cameraman can, can do it. Um, we'll get a microphone okay. over there. Because this is, this is important testimony, Jean, uh, because she was faced again with a calling where she was to leave her twin boys. And that's not a small thing in the world. We're not trying to minimize that, but, but she basically, we'll see if we can get a camera over there. Mm. There we go. There's Svava. Hi. Hi, Jean. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I had such a deep, deep, deep call for God. And um, yeah, and I, like David was saying, I had twin teenage boys. And uh, I prayed for Jesus to make it obvious for me. I had to have it, have it very obvious because I said, how can I just, how can I just leave? And what happened was that <clears throat> I, um, one evening I had candles lit in my apartment, um, in my living room, and I was blowing them out. And uh, suddenly one of the candles just slipped out of my hand and ran over a photo that was right below. The wax. Yeah, the, yeah, the wax ran over a photo of me and my boys. And the wax just ran over just me and deleted me out of the photo. And, uh, and then I heard Jesus say to me, how does this feel? And suddenly my heart just like kind of exploded. And I could feel all this universal love like all this specialness specialness love i had just like slipped out of me or yeah it was very very profound and um, and i could feel very deeply that my role as a mom in the world was uh, was done and i heard job well done job well done and i felt so peaceful about going. I felt that was, that was the most right thing to do for me. And, um, and then I asked Jesus, how can, I, how can I say this to the boys? You have to guide me and show me when and how. And uh, a few days later I was having dinner with my boys and suddenly just slipped out of me that I was going to I was going to leave, I was going to go um, and follow this calling. And their reaction was, Mom, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You have to go. They could feel that it was so important for me. And um, they said to me, Mom, you always told us to follow our happiness. And now you should follow your happiness. Mm. So, and... Uh, 
I have this beautiful relationship with them in the mind now. Mm. And um, sometimes I connect with them on Skype uh, or text. And it's just so loving. They are just so happy. And uh, I have never in my life having them heard them say so much, I love you, mom. Mm. Uh, like since actually this body left and uh, yeah so yeah but it's for me it's been very very guided and uh, asking Jesus to make it very obvious for me Mm. so it wasn't the person Swava making any decisions and having guilt and yeah it was it was really Jesus Jesus got this Mm. spirits got this I didn't have to do anything, just follow my heart. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. So, and Jean, you know, it's how we always are talking, sharing. Um, Kirsten's just been sharing with me about how she met you at the gathering. She's been sharing the callings of your heart, she's been sharing the whole context of with you, with, with your family. She's also shared how you were there in Paris and you were so much wanting to open a, some type of a center, have be a part of a community. Uh, you know, there's some, I, from what I hear from Kirsten, there's been some pretty strong promptings and you were very open-minded and then the people showed up to to be there at the center and and the center got going and so on and so forth but there's been something inside of you that's been calling you even deeper and deeper that they're even with fulfilling that I mean you know Lisa's followed her call Kirsten Francis myself but Lisa never opened the spiritual center you did go to a temple for a while you were welcome there for a while until you're you wanted to go deeper into the joy, then the, the, she got kicked out of, of the temple. Um, <laughs> she called me one day and she said, my course group is telling me I'm too joyful, I need to tone it down. Is this the Holy Spirit? And I said, definitely not. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not telling you to tone your joy down. But she, she kind of reached that glass ceiling in her course group even. Uh, that she had all this joy and this deep love of God Mm. that couldn't be contained. Mm. And from what Kirsten told me is, you put your heart into this center and the people were there and doing yoga, doing Mm. different, very eclectic, and and yet there was something that that wanted to go even further. And then you told uh, Kirsten that, oh yeah, I was operating the center at a loss. So basically, I'm sure some of the people were having a good time, but financially, you know, it's like, that's another sign from the Holy Spirit, like, listen, things, there's more than, than operating a business at a loss, a, 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 a spiritual center at a loss. We've, a lot of us have been through these kind of things, mm. where we tried it, and we, we went as far as we could, but there was something not quite fulfilling. You're... You're on a fast track. Actually, you have to admit, okay, there's something in my heart that wants to just like explode, like like uh, your heart explode, like Svava just said. She felt that exploding kind of universal love. Mm. All of us want mm. that 
universal love. It's so huge and yet we have to let go. All of us would tell you, we, we seem to be letting go our whole lives. Just as soon as we have something, then it's like, okay, Laverne's here. Laverne would go back to the, the reservation and a relationship with your daughter and it's just yeah. like stretch, stretch, stretch. Let go, let go, let go. In order to open up to the undefinable, God's love, the absolutely undefinable, mm. we have to let go actually of all of our definitions and concepts of who or we the are. The way that we think it's supposed to look. Like I know for myself I wanted it to I wanted it to be with my family. I wanted it to be with my children and I almost like I was stuck there because I wanted it the way that I thought it should be, but there was no real communication. No one really wanted to talk about God. <laughs> You know, uh, Paulie would say, save it for the Sunday service. <laughs> Remember? He'd say, please, do we still have to talk about God? What but, about that dinner when you got home from a trip with me and went, took, took her whole family and her partner out for dinner, right. and she um, wanted to share all the miracles. She had she went traveling with me, all these miracles, and so she takes her, you know, CEO, you can afford to just, oh, come on, I'm taking everybody out for dinner. And they all told her what's going on in there in Pennsylvania, and then she's like, I want to share my miracles. Right, and, and they basically said, I'm going nuts. She's nuts and whatever they said. But they I ended up down. They shut me down, but I, I really just, you know, for me, I guess it was seeing how uh, having relationships where I could truly communicate, learning, the, the, getting a taste of being able to be completely transparent and communicate, mm -hmm. it was like a communion with God for me. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. It wasn't about the people, but it was like a new experience where I was able to share my heart and my joys and actually have a reflection that we were in it together, that it was the same joys, the same, it was the same mm -hmm. goal. We had the same purpose. And I was, I couldn't even believe that it was possible for me. So it was such a contrast when I would go back, you know, with my family. I just remember I'd want to just talk about God and whatever. But I, I was just actually remembering because when I left, you know, because I had this strong call, just I wanted to, you know, be used by the Spirit and be in service. And I would go back and forth and back and forth and uh, just unwinding from this whole concept. But this was probably after about maybe five years that I went back there and, Actually, I was I went back to uh, my daughter's house, and you know they were into soccer and their jobs and all kinds of things that I just really couldn't relate to, and so I I wasn't talking at all. And uh, Gabriel came to me, and she said, she said, I believe you hate me. She said, What you know, you're not talking at all. And I said, I said, well, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know how to talk about soccer, or, you know, or the jobs and all the other things that they were talking about. And so she said, so what do you want to talk about? And I said, I want to talk about God. I want to talk about, and she's like, okay. She, she was like, mom wants to talk about God. You know, so she called her husband down and called Polly down and she's like, well, and I just gotten that quantum awakening DVD done and I said, why don't we, I'd love to watch this Quantum Awakening DVD that I just made of David's. And so uh, she called her husband and was like, Mom wants to watch uh, Quantum Awakening. Uh, so they were like, well, like, okay, let's do it. You know, they had gathered the whole family. And, and uh, so we were sitting there and 
Paulie, my son at the time, he was like, this is bull crap. What are we doing? This is all whatever. And then Gabrielle was so beautiful. And she said, Paulie, mom loves uh, talking about God. And mom is basically like a saint. And she said, she, she's not interested in talking about mom stuff anymore. And she said, and I respect her totally for that. And I want her to be happy. And I feel like she's make, wanting us to be happy, you know, letting us do whatever we need to do. And yeah. And uh, she said, David is like Morpheus. He's waking everybody up. Mom wants to wake up. I don't want to wake up, she said. She goes, I like being a mom. And she said, but mom doesn't want to do it anymore. And she said, but that's okay, because I love her. And then she said, she said something really beautiful. She goes, and if mom's going to do this with anyone, I wouldn't want her to do it with anyone but David. Mm. And she said, so, you know, it is what it is. And, and actually that time for me, it's really interesting because I was just thinking about how, for myself, facing just my own desire for specialness, that time, um, like almost like they went back to their world and doing their thing, and almost like they, I disappeared in their house, like they were just doing their things and like, like just getting on with their lives. And at one point I said, well, I'm going to be leaving now. And they're like, okay, see you later. Like, they didn't even care. And I'm like, you know, I'm probably not coming back for a couple of years. I don't know. And they're like, okay, sounds good. And I'm like, hold up. You know, like, I really, and, and it was interesting because they really were detached. Mm. And I remember going, uh, driving away, and I'm thinking, wow, they actually don't need me anymore. And just seeing, honestly, because I was always thinking it was them, but it was actually me. Mm. My, and I, I remember pulling the car over on the highway and just crying my eyes out, just seeing that it was really all along my own desire for specialness, that it wasn't really them at all. And it was like this beautiful, like, let go for myself, you know, letting go of that idea, you know, of my desire for anything but the love of God. Yeah. And I think that's the key. The key point of all this is you don't really actually leave anybody behind mm. because it's all one mind. Mm. They go with you mm. as you change your purpose to follow the Holy Spirit and to go into the Holy Instant, everyone goes with you. Mm. When you wake up, everybody wakes up with you because we're all one. Mm. It's not like there's some that wake up and get to go be in the glory with God and the <laughs> kingdom of heaven, and then they got the other struggling ones on earth that got to go into the emergency room and got get handled this illness and this sickness. That's like duality, like love and oneness, and then a world of duality and multiplicity. And I always like that Siddhartha story of the, of the, the mother, his, his uh, partner, his son coming back and all going into the Buddha presence. And, uh, and I love it now. I'm, lately I'm hearing uh, Kirsten telling me, you know, Kirsten 
went off and she's traveled the world and she's given her heart and she's now a, a mystic and she's a saint. Her mother <laughs> followed her and now she's a mystic and saint. Whatever happened to Kirsten's father? Whatever happened to Jackie's husband? Well, it turns out that Kirsten's been feeling conversations with Roger and now Kirsten's going to Japan to do the whole thing and then she was on the phone with Roger and and Roger's like, can you come? Can you come? Can you come? Can you come? She said, well, actually, yes. Oh, Roger's so thrilled and and they joined in the presence of love and so this is a powerful experience of no one is left behind. Mm. The, the father figure is, she's going down and they're going to rejoice in the love and the truth. Nobody is ever left behind. They're, that's why there's no abandonment. It's because we're all part of the same mind. Mm. And we're coming to wake up to realize that we're all the same spirit. And in that love of the same spirit, mm. there is no loss, there's mm. no betrayal, there's no abandonment. It's just the ego is trying to make up a big story to keep us from waking up and knowing who we really are. And that's a guilt story. It's always like, who did what to who, and that's why we always like hearing the rest of the story. Look at Pauly, he was there when mm. Gabrielle was, Gabriella was telling that, and now he's soaring somewhere off in... He even came into the community in the, after he came that. came into the community after that. He went... <laughs> for two years. He went from save it for Sunday, save it for the church sermon. He couldn't get enough of God. He was like, oh, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. We love these witnesses. The, mm. Those are the witnesses that, that show that everyone's included. Mm. Nobody's left behind. Mm. That minds are joined and bodies do not. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus told us all along in the mm. Course. But it's so dear, it's mm. so precious. Mm. Oh. Wow. Amazing. Mm. Wow. Profound. Very profound. Mm. We're seeing all your faces all around the world. You're all there with us. It's no small thing to go into the holy instant. Mm. It's the most reverent, sacred experience any of us could ever pray for. Okay, okay, good. So I just had a question. Um, like I, I, I really feel like where I am at the moment is not where I want to be at all. I feel like I want to just extend and to, um, and to practically apply the course. Um, but I just feel like I'm so distracted at work that it doesn't happen. And I feel like I just want to resign and, you know, like 
let go of everything, but I'm not like I'm I don't have an angel in my bedroom <laughs> and I haven't received like massive prompts. And it feels like here in South Africa, and I'm sure everybody feels this way, but but for me it feels like there aren't really people, there aren't really course groups. There's there were a couple that I that I attended, but yeah, it wasn't not like what I experienced um, you know, like in Utah and what I hear people sharing about. So I, I feel like would you and this is what other people were asking on the chat group as well now, is do you just kind of like <laughs> sell up everything and say, okay, I'm ready. Or do you just wait for that, for those prompts? Because I feel like I keep asking and asking. I remember being at work, just staring at the sea of faces being like, please help me to see this differently. Cause I honestly don't see how this is useful, but like, what do I know? You know? Um, yeah. So do you just, Pack up, <laughs> you know, and and see where you go, or do you like wait for more specifics? Well, I'm so glad you're asking this <laughs> because that's David's what I wanted really question. to talk about. All the other stuff was preliminary, but I was just waiting for the Holy Spirit to prompt you to to ask this so we could really launch into this. Let's jump start this whole thing. Let's get the battery chargers out and let's really zap it and get in there. You don't want to stay in this ego sense of zombie land where you're just like, okay, what do I do here? I'm just washing the faces. What one thing is when you came to Utah all the way from South Africa, that that's a massive trip because I know I went. You're, I went to visit where you are, so I, I actually mm. just to give a, a, a preface for that, I'm I'm getting all these messages from South Africa, and they're saying, "Come, David, come, come, come to South Africa," and they said, "Oh, our currency, the rand, is really weak and." We don't know how we're going to do this, but we'd love to have the Holy Spirit beam you into South Africa. And two or three, four, five, six people, it's a pretty strong call. They were like, come, 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 come. So I said, uh, okay, well, they said, we aren't even sure we can afford to buy your plane ticket, but we really want you to come. So I prayed on it, and Jesus said, well, just tell them that uh, I'm going to send you to Europe first, because there's money in Europe. Uh, and I, I'm going to send you on a 10-country tour of Europe uh, and raise funds for not only for you, David, but for three more, for, for Francis and Jason and Kirsten, for four of you to come down and do a whole tour of South Africa. That's how generous Jesus is, you know. You get a strong call, we don't know how we can do this, we can't even afford it, and Jesus is like, I'll send David and three more people for not just to one place, Cape Town, but Cape Town, Durban, Johannesburg, and another place in the middle. So Jesus is so generous, like he, he answers calls. So we came down there, we had a great time, we loved it down there. You came all the way to Utah, to Camas, and, and I heard that you were trying to recruit Alexa to come and live with you. Uh, so there you are again. See, you're you got some boldness in there. You're coming over here to recruit uh, a mighty companion and just bring them in that's there. That's beautiful. Bring them into your house. See, that's good. That's showing a lot of initiative. So what we were just talking about. <laughs> here's what we were talking about before the show started. I said, you know, we have such an intimate gathering here with everybody and everything. Is what if? 
somebody wanted to invite us uh, to come there. And, and I was saying, wouldn't that be cool? I said, in the old days, I had to, we had to have a whole uh, tour team and we had to do all these emails and all these logistics about setting up, going to p visit people, and then, and then people would have to put it out to their course groups and, and oh, you've got all this luggage and it's just a massive thing. It would take us, when we would go on a world tour, sometimes it would take us a, a lot of coordination. There was that one time in the hotel room where you booked all the world uh, tickets in one, one day, but it took Francis a whole day to book a world tour. That's still pretty good for one day for a world tour. But what we were thinking was, now that we've got you all, we're so interactive like this, if you really wanted us to come and jumpstart, like I did, I went to Lisa's house. She actually had me into her house. She actually had me into her house. I remember the first time she wanted to cook me, she said, David, I want to cook you <laughs> your favorite meal. And I said, what's your favorite meal? She said, Prime rib. <laughs> so we feasted on a prime rib dinner because that was her favorite meal. And then her whole life changed. Uh, I mean, really, it just totally flipped. And you came and stayed with me. I came there, I stayed there. We did some gatherings. We did some gatherings. There. there was one time she invited all of her nurses. From oh, her, and at the time her, I paid for all the people the, with the funds, with, with the getting Carrie, flying yeah. there with she that flew, big gathering. She flew people Kirsten, in. Yeah, Kirsten. From Australia. She did gatherings in her backyard. She put up a tent. Um, she had this, what was that one guy who was always throwing his hands Bill. Bill was throwing his hands up. She put on a whole, I don't know, that was days, wasn't it? Like yeah, well, two weeks. Two was, weeks. She did a two-week like gathering in her backyard. She put up a tent. We flew people in from all over the world. But it started with her talking with her nurses. She had her nurses come there. And there was one time I went there, and her nurses were all kind of frightened about, <laughs> you know, they're nurses, but, you know, she's showing films of... Myself, Marianne Williamson, and the, having them read the course during their downtime and their break time. Can you imagine reading a course of miracles during your break time at work? Fifteen minutes. Okay, read your book, read your course lesson. So she gets me in there, and we're in the, we're in her living room, and I I'm talking. I'm saying, okay, who here wants to open up? You know, about and share what's on their heart because the spirit can address it and everything. And they were scared. They went. I looked around the room. There was maybe fifteen, twenty. Nurses in there, they're all lips zipped. They're like this. And so after like four or five minutes of them not saying a word, the Holy Spirit went through them and I looked at them individually and I spoke to them what was on their heart, what their issues were, what, what would be helpful for them. With them not saying a word, I just spoke individually. And that was very convincing for Lisa because she knew all what was ever going through from talking to them on a daily basis. But they were all tight-lipped, and then when she saw me address everybody telepathically, just with the Spirit speaking to their heart without them saying anything, mm. then Lisa was like, oh my God, this is, this is for real. This is, this is for mm. real. So what we were talking about, we've got some time here, what we were talking about is we said, what if we can see all your faces, and what if uh, we decided to do a world tour and, and come into your 
uh, houses and living rooms, and what if we just threw it out there? I said, wouldn't that be simpler than trying to spend months and months planning a world tour? We just sit here, we look at all your faces, and you want us to come to you. Uh, and then we thought, you know, it's, it's so much to arrange gatherings and everything, but all these people are using Zoom, they're all broadcasting already. You could invite us to your house to do, we come to you to do a gathering for everyone, so, so we could all participate in this world tour together, and you could broadcast locally with whoever you want, course groups or whatever. It's so simple, we've got everything. And then all we have to do is, uh, people just have to raise their hand or hands, and that identifies as who would like to, to host something, and then we start, where's my iPhone? I need my iPhone, I, need, I have to be able to take down uh, names and places. And what if, just what if, we decided to do a world tour where we were invited by you and we would do a gathering and broadcast and, and spend a day or two or three like I did. Yeah, I know. It was, well, you know, I, I was reading uh, someone's question. They said, how do I step out of littleness? And, you know, for me, just the invitation to bring you to my house, because I thought, what is going on? That they, he was going to be living with me for a couple of days. I never did anything like that. But so expansive and so it's just opened my heart that I was safe and that I was loved and you know that we were connected I just yeah just the most beautiful opportunity yeah, yeah. that was. And this isn't uncommon I remember when Jason and I came down Francis was in this house in Sydney and then she invited Jason and I to come to her yeah. house in Sydney so we walk over there and we walk in and she She's like all wide-eyed and happy, and she's like, it's happening, they're here, they're right in my house right now. And so she goes to Jason and she's, she's like, uh, maybe we need to go out to do a little grocery shopping and get a few groceries. So you went out with Jason, and then she got Jason, she cornered Jason in the grocery store, and she looked him in the eyes, she said, what's it going to take? I'm all in, I'm, I'm going to drop it all. I'll drop everything. I'm going to drop it all. What's it going to take? You tell me the one thing. She cornered him in the grocery store after we came to her house. She corners Jason. She looks him in the eye. She says, you tell me. What's it going to take? He said, really? You want to know? And, and she's like, you tell me. And, and he said, trust. Mm. It's going to take trust. But she's mm. like, can you give me it's a little beautiful. more than that? I need just a little bit more than that one word of trust. And Jason's like, you trust David and you trust me. And that's it. Mm. And so Francis <laughs> said, all right, that's it, I'm all in. <laughs> and that's all it took was she said she would trust me and she would trust Jason. And how many years ago was that? When was we were in the 2009 or 2000? Around 2009, so this is around 2018, so that's like nine years ago where she corners Jason in the grocery store. That's what I see, Catherine, that is what you're asking. You're actually saying, what is it going to take? And that's where we start to have these fun ideas like, we're just totally wide open. 
and uh, we feel like it, the spirit will orchestrate it, and that's why we're. So, so we were going to ask that on this the show. We were just going to ask: Is is anybody interested <laughs> <laughs> in us coming to visit? Is you? anybody interested in hosting <laughs> hosting us? Hosting a little Zoom. Oh look, there's Donna. Zoom I'm coming, Donna. There's Donna. Look at I'm Donna. I'm coming, Both Donna. Hands. Sally, Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie. Mm. There they are. The light. You have to move. Oh, I see the hands oh, coming Raphael. up. Eddie. Oh, I see you in Japan. Oh, oh Mariah. Mariah. Beautiful, Mika. Is that Florida? Mm. There they go. The hands go up. How are we going to do this? <laughs> I have no idea. How are we going to record? France, <laughs> I'll move my kids. We are, we are doing world, world tour right here. Okay. Jeannie, all right. I'll move my kids. I'm open. You see how when we have this willingness, you can feel all the love and the joy. There we are. I've got to figure. Okay, there's more and more hands. We just have to figure. This. We got to figure. Well, you know, out a way. it's like we got to get a map of the world and yeah. put a little pin on it for each yeah, one. Like there we go. Our little pins. I just was thinking, isn't this the best? This would be the easiest world tour I've ever done. Or I, I just connect the dots. You know, I just get my passport ready and and start to look at some of those dots and some of those places and and then. It just unfolds because to me this is the way the spirit can work. We have to start think, thinking easy, like we've been thinking too too much, where it's been like struggle, disappointment, challenge, difficulty. You know, we start to think in that way, and then we feel little. And the holy instant is our magnitude opening to our magnitude. I am worthy of happiness and joy. Mm. These are these holy encounters that we have are not small things at all. We're bringing the light to the whole universe when we open our hearts up. When we're happy, mm. we bring happiness to everyone. Mm. When people talk about world hunger and wars and strife and everything, how do you think all that's going to get healed except by your own heart bursting open in joy? <sighs> if the world is not really outside of us, and the world's simply going to reflect our state of mind, then mm. it will be our happiness and our joy that will light up the world, because that's how we light up perception. And we're o open to this. I know for myself, that's been my parable, is I've just gone around and around and around the world many, many, many times to many continents, I don't know, maybe six continents or something like that, many, many countries, and people would say, wow, you must really have a lot of experience with uh, Marriott, Hilton, and all the hotels. No, actually, I've stayed with the people. I haven't really stayed very, it's very rare that I go to a Course in Miracles conference like in San Francisco and I stay in the Holiday Inn, but mostly, probably 99.99 some percent, is I've stayed with the people. And we've had cups of tea, and we've mm. had cups of coffee, and we've taken walks, mm. and we've had those cordial, happy, friendly talks mm. that are inspirational, like, like I had, like we had at Francis' house, like mm. I had at Lisa's house. Those are the things that seem to be the tipping points, where it starts off like, oh my gosh, this, 
This is actually possible. This is not some far off pie in the sky kind of idea, but, but this is, we're igniting that inside of us. And you do need the faith to grow strong. Who is going to walk away from a job? Who is going to walk right. away from familiarity? All those safety mechanisms that we've carefully put so much time and money and effort in building. Who's going to walk away from those unless you have a spark in your heart that says, this is your calling. That's what we would want to activate this. It has to be the spirit that's activating this. Logistically, right. how are we going to do well, that? Well, that's what I was just thinking, because even Laverne, uh, you know, you have to send out a link. To, is there a way people can contact someone directly and like an email or? You mean here in the studio? Well, whoever's like. The First thing you could type it on the chat. Yeah, put the hands. Oh, there up you go. All you have to type in is two words: me too. Ah! <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> and where they're at, you know, where they're located at, and you know. Yeah, me too, and then your your address, maybe your email. Right, and a, and a date even, like even to say, okay, this is when I feel. Where are you located? City, country, time. Time zone. City, country, email. They're putting it up. There. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if anyone's interested. Best time to come. I, I know you guys are going to write now, but I want <laughs> you to put the best, like what would work, like in your in your lives, you know, mm. what would work, mm. and then that that kind of information comes to us, and we we start. We'll get our little map out with mm. our little, yeah, our little uh, sticky things or mm. little pins. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? It's very exciting. <laughs> so I guess for me, like logistically too, for me when I wanted David to come, it was like the best use of my funds were to support you coming. And so it'd be an opportunity, just like a an expansion to really look at any ideas of like where what's most valuable for you in your life, mm. you know, to be able yeah. to provide the funds needed even for the travel. Mm. Yeah, like that, just being open to that idea. Yeah, that could be helpful in terms of, of the flights. And then for most people, uh, I would just stay with them. And so it wasn't like big hotel, $100 no. night hotel charges and Simple. restaurants. Basically, if you really know... My, our appetites have gone right. <laughs> gone way, way down. The, the more that we just live in a devotional lives, you know, it's like I really have to be careful with my one meal of the day uh, because I can't, I literally can't eat anymore. But, but those are the things to, to host. And of course, for me, over the years, it's been I've I've slept in sometimes. One time, I slept in this woman's closet. She put me in a closet. Uh, I was happy. Right, I wherever. A, I had a mattress in a closet. It was a big closet too. And it's it was it's delight. an opportunity to you know eat what's served and and to just accept what's given yes. and yes. totally just stepping into what's yes. naturally eat, eat given. What's served or meant now for me is more drink what's <laughs> served because I I don't really eat so much in terms of solid foods. But have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee, have a mm. milkshake. Smoothie, have this or that. Cream soup. It's pretty. It, it's not going to be a lot for you there in in hosting because we are like mystics and saints. Don't have like a lot of uh, 
demands and preferences. We're like, we kind of blend in uh, wherever we go, you know. And we've slept in all kinds of, you know, it's, we just, it would be just going. And the other thing that could be helpful could be like an airport pickup. Because uh, we, you know, we didn't. need a ride. We haven't used too many with taxis, but now there's the, down in, well, the Moto is down there in uh, Peru, but we use Uber. Or what's it called? Lyft? Oh, I don't know about that Lyft. one. I don't know. There's some, there's some Lyfts and Ubers, but, but we enjoy a ride from the airport, too. It's the fun of the hug mm. at the airport, mm. and then the joy of getting in the car together and going in the shuttle or the parking lot. And that's, what we, that's our lives, you know. We're, we're used to those things. Those are just helpful <laughs> things for us. It just helps. Mm. But if we have a bunch of people and we're going around, you know, then we can do a multi-ticket. You see, that's a nice time saver. We know where we're going. We just go, ding, ding. We just connect the dots. And then uh, that's good. Maybe mm. we even get enough air points to do it. Do it again. <laughs> we we, you know, we're we just, just continue. Okay. Yeah. We, it's just a continuation of just visiting our mighty companions around the world. Yeah. I would love that. Elise is writing a book, and Francis is making a movie. Who knows? And I do have a date already. I'm going to England in May, mm. um, and I would love to not just to go for a weekend of conference where I have to speak, but extend that I heard weekend. You Cork, didn't you get an invitation? To I Cork? do have an invitation to Cork, Cork. but I, but it's like that. Yeah, ex- expand that time in Europe would be good when I'm there, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And Kirsten's going to be, Kirsten's going to Japan, then she's going down to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Florida. For that. Swava wants to record an album, so Stan and Sue invited her to come to north of uh, Toronto, Canada. So that, that could be worked in, uh, record an album, and, write a book. And Donna has invited me to California. There she is. Donna. So that's going to be probably coming in very soon. <laughs> Give me a moment it. here. <laughs> I am just rebooting the whole system. So, yeah, I'd be happy to go anywhere. Oh. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So it's exciting. Just want to jump in. We've actually posted a form um, um, in the chat box that people can fill out in detail. No. Um, and, and that'll come to us. Okay, so it's in the chat box right now. Okay, exciting. Just as I travel the world and start to retire, you guys <laughs> pull me out of retirement again. Mm. Off I go. Just just when I was just soaking up the rays. Carly's laughing there. Carly's like, God's calling you home. It's like, oh. Well, oh. maybe one more uh, joy trip. Some more joy trips in here. Mm. You know, that's what I like. It's like uh, when a baseball player like retires, like Lou Gehrig or Babe Ruth, when they have a great career and then when they retire, they do a farewell tour <laughs> and they go around all the cities and they, they get to hug people and love people. And uh, yeah, that's what happens in like baseball when somebody's retiring. But we're, we've got a whole community. They're not retiring. They're just getting started. They, they're loving the digital, they're loving meeting all of you, knowing you, talking to you, emailing with you, chatting with you. They're just getting excited, they're just getting rolling with all the miracles and joy that's coming. And so, 
you know, that's part of why we do these digital things is because mm. the people do feel, like with Catherine saying, I feel a little stuck here, like I, I really need something to really bring it in strong so that I can feel that it's my life's calling that I can go for it, you know, like Lisa did, like Francis did, mm. like Suave did, like we've got the whole room filled. Laverne came from the reservation and she had a, a, a life, a career and everything and now she's the director of our show right, right now that we're doing. There's Pete over there, he's the producer. There's Soren, he's come all the way from Denmark and he's behind the cameras. You know, this, how we do this is people that just got excited and, and you know you have skills and abilities. You worked for years developing those things. I know Catherine, you've got management skills. Not that you're really enjoying them, uh, the way they're being used right now, but we know that we've developed skills and abilities uh, in an ego framework and they weren't bringing us happiness in this context. However, if we give those same skills and abilities to the Holy Spirit and say, you run the show, you direct my life now, you take these skills and abilities that are all time and space bound and you take me up, up, higher, higher into awareness with the new use of these abilities just for communicating, blessing, sharing love, joy, happiness, that's what's going to ignite this thing. Sabine, you know, you're retired, it's like, let's light up, uh, where are you, Germany? Let's light up Germany, I, I've been there before. <laughs> I went, I came to Germany years ago and, and I, I say, I'm here, I'm at your service. They set up a gathering for me uh, in Munich at this place called the Laughing House. Oh. This is my first gathering in Germany, is I, they take me to the Laughing House and they've got a whole band there and with all these like 25 instruments and we did this kind of mystical, musical meditation and me sharing the spirit. Uh, gathering at the Laughing House in Munich, and that's how my uh, my time in Ger Germany started. I went to other places and yeah. some of you have heard the parables too. I finished one gathering where they put me in a manger. They actually, <laughs> I went up, I think it was around Heidelberg, and, and I go there and the woman who's, uh, in, uh, what's her name, Manuela, who's oh, running the gathering. I can't. She's like, I said, where am I going to be staying? She said, we got a place prepared for you. They took animals, farm animals, out of this and, and I go in there, they put a bed in there and there's straw. Like, <laughs> it's like the back end of this thing, I've got, I'm, my God, I'm in a manger. And I've got straw all over the place, but they put a bed in, it wasn't. And so I'm there and I'm sitting and they're meditating and, and Meanwhile, two floors up in the same building, Manuela's in there with like, I think there was like 125 of, of people that are there in Germany, and she's got them dancing and singing and sweating, and they're trying to bring up all of their ego, pent-up, uh, unconscious stuff. Uh. And she's got them dancing and singing, and then finally she comes to the manger to get me, after about an hour of this, I go up there, they're all sweating, 100 some pe German people in a room, sweating and they're all loosened up and soft and then I start channeling the Holy Spirit to this whole group and Manuela's my translator and then Manuela's burst into tears. The, the message is so profound that the translator, I have to wait like five minutes 
for the translator to cry because her heart, the translator's heart cracked open and because that was her desire was to share this message there in Germany. So that was years ago, Sabine, but we can do it. We, we can do it in, in any way. This is a fun retirement, you know? It's like, let's have some fun, let's really kickstart this uh, retirement. Let's take it out from first Share a gear. cup let's, of coffee together. We'll fly yeah. across the country and have a cup of coffee. Yeah, and then I had this one gathering I did in Germany too where I go through the whole thing and then I'm looking around and I'm like, hey, is anybody going to the airport? I need a ride to the airport. And this guy comes to me and he's bought this like brand new Mercedes, like, I don't know, $40,000, $50,000 Mercedes. And he says, I'll take you to the airport, David, but I've got conditions. I said, all right, I need a ride to the airport. He says, I rented, bought, whatever it was, rented this big, huge Mercedes. Have you ever been on the Autobahn? I said, no, I've never, I've heard about it. Is that the place where they have no... Uh, speed limit. He says, that's it. So he says, I will take you to the airport on these conditions that you drive this big powerful <laughs> Mercedes on the Autobahn and you drive and I go with you. And so I said, that's your only condition? A free ride to the airport? I get to ride a Mercedes on the Autobahn? He said, that's it. That's my conditions. I said, okay. I'll get my luggage. I'm on my... So I'm, I'm in the driver's seat, he's over in the passenger seat, and I'm cruising along. I think I'm going pretty fast. I think I'm going pretty fast. I'm cruising along on the Autobahn, and I'm on the left lane, you know, and cars are passing me left and right. I think I'm going I'm 100 and some kilometers a mile, uh, per hour. And he's shaking his head, and he says, No, David, no, 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 no. Kick down, David, kick down. <laughs> So I put the pedal to the metal, and I'm telling you, I could have been in the Indy 500. I was, we were flying on there. We were just cruising along. You were along. Dale Earnhardt for a day. Dale Earnhardt with the rest of the group. But this is the kind of joy you have where you go, you're just out there to serve God. You're out there to shine your light, and then all of a sudden people come with the most amazing things mm. because they want to just join you in shining the light. Mm. That's what everybody wants to do. And then we do it together and mm. it's just thrilling. And, mm. and it, it's exuberant, it's mm. vibrant, it's happy. And it seems like a fairy tale. Admittedly, mm. what your life seems now will seem more like a grim fairy tale. Mm. <laughs> and then actually J Jesus Holy Spirit wants you to have an exceedingly happy fairy tale. And it all starts by just joining and saying mm. yes, that's, that's all it takes. It doesn't take much at all. So we're in for it. What about here in, in the studio? You all in? Yeah. Oh, we're in. <laughs> we're in. <laughs> we're in. <laughs> That's the way to end this, a weekend retreat, mm. is with a big, we're all in. Aww. We're all in. Mm. We're saying yes, yes to the holy instant. Let's see what happens. Yes to God. Expecting miracles. Expect miracles. Mm. Bring it on. That's what you, you say God. to the Holy Spirit. Bring it on. Mm. Bring it on. Hit me with mm. your best shot. <laughs> holy Spirit, you say that and watch out. Forget about this zombieville. Forget about boredom. Mm. Forget about depression. You know, it, it really, I mean, I really am sincere about this. When you say yes 
and you say, I'm open-minded, I'm willing, you know the way back to heaven. I don't. If, mm -hmm. I, if I knew the way, I probably would have been more successful <laughs> at, at finding it, but apparently I didn't know the way, but you do know the way. When I say yes to show me the way and make it obvious, then be prepared for the ride of a lifetime. Oh. You are in for the ride of mm. a lifetime, like all of us. That's all we're doing, joy. is we're sharing the joy. It's about the joy. It's really not about anything but that direct experience. You know, the holy instant is joy. And so it's like you just got to see what's standing in your way. You know, and just an invitation to say yes can start a whole new world. <laughs> you know, just unfold. Let it ripple out. Yeah. It's exciting for me. Oh boy, that's the song. I would love to play that song. But I don't know if I have it. What Does song? anyone know that song, A Whole New World? Oh, A Whole New World. <laughs> a new fantastic Isn't that the Lion King? Is it yeah. Lion King? No. Was, you can sing it. It wasn't it. Uh, Do you Aladdin? know it? It's Aladdin, yeah. Oh, you, you can sing it. I, <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Acapella, we'll join you. Yeah. Oh, please. Oh, that's Do you need lyrics or not? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I can wow. show you the world, shining, shining, oh. splendid. Yeah, you know the one. I can show, show you the, the world. world, shining, shivering, splendid. Tell me, princess, now when will you last? Let, Let your heart decide. I can open your eyes. Show you wonder by wonder, over sideways and under, on a magic carpet <laughs> ride, a whole new world, a dazzling place I never knew, but when I'm way up here, it's crystal clear, that now I'm in a whole new world with you. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, let's see what happens. Very exciting. That's it. Woohoo! Come on over. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Holy Instant. Oh. <laughs> See, come over. Come no. We wish Here you the holy We wish you the holy We wish you the holy We wish you the holy We have See you soon. Yeah. See you soon. Coming to a town Oh, oh how exciting. I can't wait to have a cup of coffee with you. <laughs> talk about God. Let's talk about God. Let's talk about God. Let's talk about God. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about God. I was trying to figure out. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Our producer has to, okay. has to, go, has to produce the show. A new world. <laughs>
a new fantastic point of view. No one to tell us now where to go because we're only dreaming. Sweet. Oh. They haven't pulled the plug on us yet. We're still live. <laughs> it goes on and on. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.